true believers to another electrifying episode of the Not Funny Guys presents Off the Reels, the internet's number one podcast on Nordic public library recommendations in the U.S. This week's episode is episode 66, and today we're excited to talk about phase two, 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 Iron Man 3, the Marvel one-shot All Hail the King, and Thor the Dark World. Now, Let's get on with the show. We are the Not Funny Guys. I'm your host, Casey. I'm not dead yet, Franklin. And I'm joined by my two co-hosts and the other members of the Not Funny Guys, Dr. John, I'm excited for Barbie Evans, and Eric, I'm just a scrawl, line barger. <laughs> I'd like to remind all of you that if it doesn't say Not Funny Guys, then most likely it's just a bunch of scrolls pretending to be us. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey, hey. hey. It's hey, what's me, up, man? Eric. Wink, wink. No, I'm more of an Oppenheimer. <laughs> I'm more of an Oppenheimer than a Barbie. Sorry. I almost had to be like you were Barbie and he was Oppenheimer, but then I was like, no, Eric's a scroll. Fair enough. I, I mean, feel like fair... he's been replaced. He's been replaced. <laughs> yeah, but do we know I, when I don't he know, was replaced? Ooh. <laughs> Probably around the Civil War. Probably around the Civil War. Which Civil War? <laughs> OG, oh, the Australian-American <laughs> Civil War. John, do you remember? The, do you remember that time when we were over there fighting in the Australian-American War? What? I can remember the siege of the Sydney Opera House. It was really intense. <laughs> it was. It was kind of crazy. Lots of lives lost that day. Mm-hmm. Lots well, of lives we did. Lost. We did lose the uh, the Perth front. So, yeah, Old Zealand fell into the sea. It was rough. It did. It did. But you know what? Somehow managed to survive. What? Marmite. We always, tried. Always. We tried. But the kangaroos hid them in the pouches. I think that was it. Marmite and spotted dick, the two things you can't get rid of in this world. <laughs> no matter what the doctor gives you. <laughs> <laughs> the look on John's face as I said that was pretty priceless. <laughs> turned, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. John just turned like beet red. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> no. No one sees the spotted dick coming. <laughs> it's like the Spanish Inquisition. God. <laughs> we, we, we broke in shot, everybody. What's the, what's the, what's the time we broke index? In you. You're like losing it. <laughs> well, he's sick, so he may just start coughing. Yeah, he, he said, so, are you on drugs? Is that what this is, Casey? Intervention. Intervention. <laughs> it's, it's the night well, It won't stop. <laughs> No, I, I, powerful do, stuff. I do apologize, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, for as big a day late. I was sick yesterday. Don't know what I got. I just know that I had a hell of a sore throat and a hell of a headache. Might have had a migraine. I've never had one, so I don't know how to compare. Well, thanks to I've you, had I'm a dollar short. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know what's you know what you know why you're sick? You have a toddler. Yes, That's and it. hand foot is um spreading at our daycare. What? Hand foot? What the you mean foot mouth? You yeah, mean foot mouth? mouth? Yeah, foot and mouth disease, hand foot disease, whatever. Wait, foot and mouth disease is a real disease? Yeah. Yes, They're real things. And it spreads like wildfire. What the fuck is it? Like, is it just like bacteria Blisters. from your, like? Blisters. What? Ew. Yeah. Just look it up, Eric. your feet in your mouth. Yeah. Eric, just look it up while we're, while we're talking. No, no. This is why I don't have kids. I don't want to see this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so... There's a slim chance I could have had that. Um, most likely, I don't, though. I don't think I do. I slim think I just... it's pneumonia. <laughs> I don't think it's pneumonia. I think I just got the crud, quite the honestly. Mm. 
If you want to know about migraines, I can tell you all about them. I take medication for it now. Thanks, uh, allergies. Well, um, I, I think I honestly think it was just the crud, but we'll we'll see. I feel better today than I did yesterday, which is why we postponed today. So That's sorry right. about that, ladies and gentlemen. But if you want to send your well wishes, you can send them to notfunnyguys.offthereels at gmail.com. And let me know that you're thinking about me or let me know that you want me to have hand foot or foot <laughs> mouth. <laughs> or maybe some hand foot. I mean, <laughs> some hand mouth. We're Look, inviting Casey. new ones every day, folks. Well, well, if we go to clerks too. <laughs> COVID-23. <laughs> this is what you're talking about. Yes, I see that. I see that. You missed my clerks oh. too reference. It was your perfect opportunity, but we'll just ignore it now. Yes, because you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> That's right. You're not supposed to do that or watch a donkey show. But <laughs> apparently Rosario Dawson's okay with it. <laughs> you're damn right she is. <laughs> this has gone way off the rails. <laughs> off the rails indeed. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're here to talk to you about movies. <laughs> what? And, and what? Shit we're watching. Clerks 2 is a movie. Touche. It is a movie. And you know what? I think we should throw that on the docket yet. It's amazing that we haven't done the view excuse, but we yeah, should we maybe do the, at least the three clerks. Um, yeah, we should do all of them. We should do all of them. The, but it becomes a problem with all of them because one of them you can't watch. Uh, well, I dogma. can't even find it. Yeah, Dogma. You can't even find it on YouTube. Uh, so yeah, Because of that one, that's why I'm like. Oh, I do it's... own it on DVD, though. So. Well, I might. My gosh. I used to. I think Ron has it, so I guess I can borrow a copy if we want to do it. We actually could do a, a view askew. Maybe we can start a Kickstarter to fund Harvey Weinstein to give it up. Like, what's it going to cost, Harvey? Let's let's get a Kickstarter going to just pay, s- pay for the right. You mean his legal fees? I think Kevin is... <laughs> All right, never mind. We'll never afford them. <laughs> I think Kevin one time said it was going to be $5 million. Holy fuck. All right, yeah. guys, let's go. But a lot of that people movie- speculate that harvey if he ever raised the five million harvey would then raise the money because it's not in writing i'll raise they would need yeah they would need people to somehow get it written down but an asshole yeah i I would be down if we're gonna do it though we gotta watch tusk oh i've seen tusk i don't really want to watch it again (laughs) now we definitely would have to watch tusk actually you know what i i wanted to like more than i did yeah. Since we're not talking about Marvel, this show apparently. <laughs> uh, Red State. I, I haven't to like seen Red, Red State, State more than I did. It wasn't uh, bad, but it was it was it was trying. You know what I mean? I always like that Kevin noted that Ben Affleck stole all of the cast for that movie to go be in Argo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen Red State. I've never seen um, Jersey Girl. Nope. I've never seen, seen Cop Out. I've saw. I see a lot. Um, wasn't yeah. great. Wasn't bad though. I don't think I've ever seen all of Dogma. I've seen what? pieces of it, but I don't I've think I've ever seen all of it. A lot. I've seen that a lot. Some Sorry, of George Carlin's finest Catholic okay. priest. I am not as I do find Kevin to be an amusing person. I really enjoy listening to him. I'm not the hugest fan of all of his movies. I've watched them recently because yeah. I've just been listening to him and all that stuff, and I was like, I'll give him a fair second shot. Um, but the ones that I really like, I love Clerks 2. I love Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. And I like Clerks 3. Reboot's pretty good. Um, but those are the ones I like. The others are very meh to me. I like I like in Mallrats when Yondu gets that chocolate that's been up the, you know, where? <laughs> pretzel. Up, up the, up the man's hoo-hoo dilly. 
<laughs> yeah, and then Yondu gets sick. Ma- yeah. Mallrats is a little too chaotic for me, a little too hokey, but like it's fun. I like chasing Amy a lot, or I used to. I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm sure it's dated now with a lot of probably bad jokes. For... I, I think that chasing <laughs> the Amy lesbian might be who just most... needs some dick. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think chasing Amy is the perhaps his best artistic. Work. It was a good swing. You know, it's like I said, dated. Yes, but at the time, I remember thinking like, "Oh, this is a pretty different like take on making a movie." It's you know? it's blunt. It's very blunt. Yeah. yeah. I also it think that's blunt, one of the best man. moments of Silent Bob's wisdom. Like that's probably his best. Yes, because that's really Kevin. Mm-hmm. And back to well, the MCU we go. <laughs> well, let's just say real quick that was also the one that was based on his real life breakup. And if I remember correctly from like the behind the scenes stuff, that scene with Jay, Jay's coked out of his mind. Now I need to go back and watch it. <laughs> so. But anyway, that I've one, got their signatures. I, it actually holds up better than you would think, but it does have some problematic areas because I watched that one not that long ago. Yeah. But... So anyway, so let's talk about some MCU. So, ladies and gentlemen, you are very well aware of us. We're on episode 66. You've listened to 66 episodes of us by now. We love to do these. Why watch a movie? We watch a movie. We talk about a movie. We've done so many different franchises. One of our favorites being Godfather. That Godfather episode was absolutely amazing. And we recommend you go back and find it. But right now, we are going through the Marvel movies. And when I say the Marvel movies, I literally mean all of the Marvel movies. Every single Marvel movie that's been made back to 1966, going all the way up to shit that hasn't come out yet. If it comes out this year, we're going to catch it. Right now, we are in phase two. We just finished phase one last week. So if you want to listen to us talk about the Avengers, listen to last week's episode. This week, we're going to talk about Iron Man 3, Marvel One-Shot All Hell the King, and Thor The Dark World. One of those is a mini, oh, is a mini, is a little short snippet, if you will. The other two are long movies that Eric loves so much. He loves them so hard. Rock on. He was texting me nonstop all night long about his love of one of those movies. Which one? We're going to find out together in a few moments. <clears throat> so... These movies, um, I was going to try to explain the timeline, but we discussed this off air and the timeline makes no sense. So just know <laughs> yeah. that these movies take place after Avengers. If you are trying to watch them all, that's the that's best all you movies. really need to know. You know, yeah. you just make believe whatever you think, wherever you think they fit. You think Iron Man <laughs> 3 comes first Thor Dark World? Who knows? Did it take Thor a year to get back to Asgard with Loki? We'll never know. You Maybe. make up whatever you feel best. Or was it the day after he left New York City? Who knows? Who knows? I, th- I think it takes... I think they're happening at the same time. Maybe. At the exact same time. Maybe. Maybe. They are all say... happening exactly one day to one year after Avengers. I will say that Iron Man 3 is referred to as Avengers point five. Nice and specific. Well, it's it's a land of make-believe, like Mr. Rogers taught us. Wait, what's 1.5? Um, Iron Man 3 is referred to as Avengers point five Because oh, it's I... Tony dealing with his PTSD sure enough. what happened. And the yeah, world's not dealing to... with it well, by the right. way. And the well, would you? Well, I'm just saying he's obviously not getting therapy. Absolutely not. All right, so let's let's get into this. So Iron Man 3, 2013 movie. Um, our next movie is also in 2013. They were very busy. This is a Paramount movie yet again. It hasn't become an official Disney yet. 
We're at about two hours and 10 minutes. It is not an origin story, thank God. Shane Black of Lethal Weapon fame and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang fame directed this and wrote it along with Drew Pierce. And Brian Tyler did the music for it. Excuse me. The cast, we got all of our major cast back. um, But we add in a couple of new people. We add in Guy Pierce as Aldrich Killian. um, Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slattery. William Sadler as President Ellis, who, where was he during Avengers? We'll never know. You know where uh, he was? He was in Shawshank Prison. Oh, <laughs> yep, that makes sense. Um, we have Jensen is back. Um, Stan Lee is a pageant judge. Jenna Ortega, Miss Wednesday Adams herself, oh, yeah. in one of her first roles ever, um, playing the vice president's daughter. And we get a nice little cameo of Mark Ruffalo as Banner in this. So, Eric, just so you know, you're very familiar with what Iron Man looks like in the movies. In 2013, in the comic books, that's what he looked like. Mm. Much darker. Yeah, mm. much darker take on... I mean, is it considered... Is that a black suit, or is it like just a really dark red? I think it's black. No, it's and black. Gold. It's black. Okay. Black and gold. Like black and gold. Um, there was the storyline that this is based off is the extremist storyline, which I want to mm-hmm. say was 2008. Um, but that's yeah, what... Warren the, Ellis the first really cover looked like amazing storyline mm-hmm. too yeah it's, it's and by the way is is the storyline that introduced aldrich killian and maya yeah to here's the a, mcu into the comic books they did not exist yeah. before this which we'll talk killian. about that more eric yeah. later that's okay. killian and then um this is this is also where he start when he gets the extremist suit it starts to be like a nanotech suit so what we're going to see later on is more based on what this suit was doing. Yeah. Um, so Mandarin, I know we briefly talked about Mandarin when we did one of the cartoons way back in the day, but just a refresher, it's kind of what he looked like in a more recent or recent ish take. Um, and this is the return of the, the 10 rings theme that has been following Iron Man since the beginning. Where the, I don't remember where that was. Ten Rings was mentioned in two, if I remember correctly, but they weren't. I think shown. they were, but but it was number one. It was film one that we saw them for the first right. time. Right, but I feel and like they we, were at and, least mentioned in two. And we always get a misdirect about who really leads them. Yeah, but this yeah. is this is what the Mandarin kind of looked like in the books, and of course, Eric, what do we get? We get the Mandarin. Yeah, we'll talk more in depth about Mandarin. Um, other thing I want to show real fast. Before we get started, this is Iron Patriot. Iron Patriot was not Rhodey in the books, Eric. It was um, Norman Osborn. Thank you, Norman Osborn himself. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. When he led the he, Dark Avengers, he was attempting to appropriate both Iron Man and Captain America in one figure. Yeah. Is that's he why he did a bad guy? Yes, he is. Norman Osborn is a good guy. Yeah. Interestingly enough, this was on the heels of Secret Invasion in the comic books, yeah. where he had been the leader of the Thunderbolts and had gotten notoriety for helping to put down the Scroll Queen. Yeah. And therefore, because Tony Stark was discredited after it, he actually then used it as a power grab. Yeah. So that's what he looks like. He did exist. Now let's get on with the show. All right. <clears throat> Starts off beautifully, this movie. We get to watch all of our favorite suits get destroyed. <laughs> Just immediately starts off. And then we get what I like to think of as Shane Black narrations. 
because we get to hear Tony doing narrations. It's like, oh, man, I, so like yesterday, blah, blah, blah. And he goes on and on as we watch the suits. Um, and it's cool. It's it's a cool little opening. Why did I write, oh, I was like, why did I write, hey, it's blue? Because as they start doing, they start doing the song, I'm blue, Abadia. Brought back flashbacks to high school, that song. It was 1999, Casey. I know, I know. We had to stop and like actually have a discussion like, are there other lyrics there? And we looked it up. No, it's just da ba dee da ba da. Yeah. Because we were like, if I were green, I would die. Like, that's always what I've heard. (laughs) Like, to some extent. Like, I've always kind of like, it's been that, like, is it a blue dress or gold dress? You know? No, dude, look, it's this. (laughs) It's it's, the point of the song is that you are messed up at a rave and you don't care what it says. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Everything blue. All the day blue. All my friends. You are on ecstasy (laughs) or something and you are just. Like, let me paint a story with all this preface. (laughs) Even the Paramount logo is blue as we watch all of the suits get destroyed. No, it's not. I'm just bringing us back to the Paramount (laughs) logo, which we learned is still a Paramount movie, where we go into 1999 Switzerland, where we meet our friend from Iron Man 1, who referenced having met Tony before in Switzerland, Mr. Jensen. Jensen, Jensen, Jensen. And then we see um, Love Tony. that callback. That's a great callback. It's, it's an amazing callback. And we get to see um, Aldrich as a nerd, like a hardcore nerd. With, with his all his physical disabilities. Yep. And with his um, idea for um, advanced idea mechanics or AIM for short. This time, not at first a criminal organization, but apparently a think tank. And they yeah. don't wear yellow hazmat suits, I yes. guess. And they don't <laughs> yes. have a MODOK. That either. <laughs> Eric, MODOK should be part of AIM. Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so we get that. And then Tony, because Tony wants to go and um, get him a little bit of some doctor, he uh, tells him, hey, Aldrich, I'll meet you up on the roof in like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, a little bit of some magics happen. Some sparks fly. I mean, sparks fly. I mean, um, Happy can't listen to a woman when she says, don't mess with my plant. And he rips the leaf off and then it explodes. Love the mullet, by the way. Such a nice touch. It was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, when I love that she calls the explosion a glitch. It's just a glitch. And I'm like, <laughs> that's a hell of a glitch. Um, and one then, day people will blow up. That's right. Then we see the fireworks, and um, we see Aldrich was left outside, and then we jump back to modern day, and Tony's well, he does building. Make, he Go makes ahead. that point. He makes that point about how he's basically his decisions are having consequences. Yeah, he's making mm-hmm. demons. You know, he's having like a moment of self actualization because Lots of obviously he makes make have consequences. Well, but he's obviously at this point being introspective and thinking back about. Apparently, a lot of poor choices because yeah, he made a lot of them. But I love the fact that it's. I think it's. I think it's a direct consequence of the PTSD he is obviously having, and he's having undiagnosed or definitely untreated trauma. Yeah, from New yeah. York. Well, well this yeah. is and it, and of course he's been up for like seventy two hours. <laughs> this also starts to set up what's going to happen in Avengers two. Like mm-hmm. we're starting, we're seeing that build now. Yeah, he never well, quite shakes it. He never well, shakes it for real. And with all of his building and trying to make things better and the unintended mm-hmm. consequences, it all just oh, yeah. goes horribly awry. Um, we get to, like I said, present day, we get to see that he's working on the Mark 42, which is an interesting uh, little suit. I do like the 
when he tries to put it on for the first time and they're like they turn in like a strip number like a reverse strip number (laughs) which always makes me laugh every time yeah um so we see that that's what he's been working on then we start to get our interruptions on tv with the mandarin yes which you know how they do those i like this too because i like that we did a modern uptake on this and we went in a different direction and i ultimately am one of those people who appreciates the way that this all plays out like a uh tail wagging the dog kind of Mm -hmm. thing i think that's really smart i know we have encountered people and i'm sure there are people out there still who don't like that but i'm one of those people who doesn't have a problem and one of the things i think that they did in iron man 3 and it's not the last time they'll do this they start bending and differentiating from the like standard superhero story they mix it up they put in things that are different that i'm pretty sure some people were super pissed about some people probably still are like i said but i think we you got to have that you got to do that you got to get some creativity that breaks the mold and i like the way they did it in this film honestly i agree and particularly with where it will go later as we mm-hmm. learn more about the Mandarin. I, I mean, we've only scratched the surface together. about the Ten Rings, too. Yeah. In reality here, because, I mean, they've been with us, like we said, from since Iron Man 1, but we're getting a slight differential. And I like the fact that instead of being Chinese, we now have a Middle Eastern kind of South Asian vibe going on mm-hmm. here, which fits in with the time frame of, you know, America's involvement in Afghanistan and Pakistan and all that region there that plays well into that situation. Well, I mean, clearly the MCU at least is using the 10 rings as a, uh, in this case, as a um, like Taliban sort of stand in, in terms of the framing. Yeah. Which makes, which makes sense, especially based off the extremist um, books too, um, Mm because extremists change modernized Tony's origin. Yes. So it, it all makes sense for that. Um, but I, I really like what they did with Mandarin. Um, and I love s- spoilers when Mandarin comes back in Shang-Chi. I love how they <laughs> tie it all back. And I like that he's like, oh, he just goes on hiding. And so other groups just take up the name and run with it, mm-hmm. which will have consequences for them later on. So we get to see um, see a little bit of Mandarin. We They start to, at this point, show us some of the other things that are going on in the world. Rhodey is no longer War Machine. He's now an Iron Patriot. Because it tested well. Yeah, because it tested. So does that mean it was his choice, you think? or No, he focus grouped. This is a government yeah. focus group. Yeah. Yeah, but how do you think Rhodey felt about it? I, f- I forget if he even mentioned it explicitly. Right, right. No, no, no. He's a, he's a good soldier. He goes yeah. with it. He, just, yeah, he, he wouldn't do- care. He doesn't have an opinion because the government told him not to. <laughs> all right yeah essentially we get to then see tony um being a little bit of drunk and this is one of my favorite scenes when he starts when we see him truly have the ptsd he's mm. drinking with roadie the little oh, girl yeah. like can he sign this the little boy little well, boy the girl yeah, the little brings boy. it up the yeah little boy ask him a question what was it like oh he and says how did you escape the wormhole yeah and so then he freaks out and i love that he parks his suit like it's a motorcycle yeah, and he's just <laughs> yeah. right out to get it. It cracks me up every time. Um, then we start to see the extremist stuff. Um, we really mm-hmm. start to get more cues onto it, and this is where we're. Um, Aldrich comes back to meet Pepper, 
and this is where the line that this is 13 years after 1999 comes in. Mm-hmm. She's like, cause she says like, Oh, the last, when's the last time you saw him or something like that? And he mentions, I, the last time I saw Tony was, was in Switzerland. Um, and he does the big brain thing and happy's like, Oh my God, he's, he's pulling out his big brain. He's showing his big brain. <laughs> so I thought I about, love, something- I, I, I seriously love the fact that Guy Pierce is at his most uh, suave slash um, douchebag. Yes. In this part. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think I realized the timeline issue that we may have been talking about earlier. Uh-huh. They say 13 years ago because this is 2013, because all of that happened on New Year's Eve. It would have happened, yes, technically on there. So, but 13 years, yeah, I mean, they're not talking to the day, you know? I don't think anyone's counting in that way. Okay. That Let's makes, not get bogged down in this. <clears throat> that makes the timeline even more wonky. Yes. You didn't actually help the time block. Ah, damn it. Right. You pushed it further no. away. Um, anyway, uh, so we're going to get, so they have their conversation. Pepper she's, rejects it. Yeah, she Pepper rejects, rejects it. And then she's going to go home to get a giant stuffed bunny. The <laughs> world's largest stuffed bunny. Mm-hmm. And then you start to learn this is actually a Christmas movie. Because Shane yes. Black loves Christmas movies. So every year, ladies and gentlemen, you should be watching this movie along with Die Hard. Oh, it's true. I like how Happy is super suspicious of uh, Aldrich and his little uh, goon. I agree. And one thing that's interesting. Sorry. One thing that's interesting in this, in the books, it's Happy and Pepper that are together. And the movies, they have it being Pepper and Tony. So this movie almost implies that Happy has something for her. Hmm. I think he's his main thing seems to be that he he is like I know she's with Tony and he's like don't blow this. There's a very strong emphasis on the like you can't ruin this. I've yeah. seen you go through women. You've got to stop this. This is the one. Don't ruin a good thing. He yeah. seems very overly like trying to like basically mother Tony on his relationships. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep, yeah, I can agree with that. Um. We get to Tony where the suit or Pepper comes in and sees Tony there in the suit. And then we learn that Tony's not in the suit. He's created a a robot suit, which is interesting. Such a bad move on his end. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that looks so bad. But, you know, it's interesting because that's actually a a callback that will get made in um, Iron Man. I'm sorry, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. There will be a kind of callback to this situation. Yep. In the sense that when he when he approaches Peter or saves Peter that time when he almost drowns after being countered the vulture, he's not in the suit. Yeah, he's just oh, yeah. happens to be somewhere with good Wi-Fi. Yeah, and, <laughs> and this is where we kind of start to really learn. I think cause Tony admits like his PTSD right after this when he gets caught. Mm-hmm. He starts to hint like, oh, mm-hmm. "I'm not good. I'm not right." But then we get to the dream sequence once we learn that his new suit that he's made is a deadly, um, deadly, deadly weapon that should never have been made. Tied to well, his... it's it's yeah, well, it's all it's all a buildup. I mean, his his obsessions with his suits have become a detrimental to his real life. Yeah, and his relationships, <clears throat> and almost killed the one he loved. Which yeah, I know. Scares her, scares him, and mm-hmm. I think that's what starts to get all this going um in the direction where tony becomes a better person um after this and then we're going to cut to happy at the man's chinese theater where it's going to get blown up by an extremist because he can't regulate all extremists yet but 
Can you regulate? Yes, can you regulate? I can regulate. No, apparently I can't. Well, I got oh. distracted by this guy. <laughs> um, it's a really annoying guy who kept asking me what I was doing. And then, yeah, by the way, Happy is so lucky to be alive. <laughs> Yes, he is. Yeah. He's very oh, yeah. And also, it's like oh. super smart and hoping that Tony will figure out his clues. So here's a question. Well, I, I think he knew Tony well enough to know that Tony was going to go deep on this. And I think he he was trusting in him. That shows a, a very strong bond between the two men. No, true. I agree. I'm just, but it's still like luck that Tony pieced it together. I also have a question. I mean, the guy, so going back to the guy, uh, I don't know the the shaved head guy who gives uh-huh. him the the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I just call I just call him uh, Killian's goon. Yeah, yeah. The other half of Breaking Bad for for this movie. Um, if <laughs> if he gives him that and he says, "Can you regulate?" Do you think he knows he can't regulate and he knows he's going to blow up because that guy looks like a crackhead and he's like. Do you want some crack? You gotta wait till you get home to use it, though. Like, and the crackhead's like, "Sure, yeah, I, I can do that." Like, no, you're not. You're gonna go do it around the corner, right? I mean, like, so the question is, like, is this guy does is he kind of hoping for this guy to explode? Is he hoping to see this, or are they hoping for this? I think he might have been, considering that they take full advantage of the explosion and a propaganda Definitely. video. I think he either he knew or he was like, either way, we're good. Yeah, I think I, he was kind of indifferent. I don't think he necessarily mm. intended for him to do it there, but I think once he saw Happy, he was happy for him to do it there. Because <laughs> remember, he comes back. Yeah. He comes back when Happy picks up that little piece of it that he's not supposed to have. He has specifically spotted Happy and returned, and I think mm. at that point he's probably like, "Okay, yeah, let's, let's make this let's happen." This. Yeah. Then after this, um, Tony is in full shock mode. Makes sure that Happy has a Downton Abbey on. <laughs> and then Tony makes the grave mistake of threatening the Mandarin by giving, giving his home full address. address. <laughs> uh, and then there's a reference to the Oracle Cloud. <laughs> yeah, the whole like stack in the in the van. Yeah, <laughs> that was like a clear like what was it Sun Oracle? <laughs> well, they, there, there's an actual line too. Like this wouldn't have happened if you were on the Oracle Cloud. Oh, I thought you meant there's like, like a whole were... line too. I thought you meant when he was in like the the TV van. And he's no, like, there's that too. But there's a, an actual there's a, line. This is paid for by Oracle. Let's be honest. Yes, this particular movie was. Well, Iron Man Throwing two as money. well. Like yeah, Iron Man definitely it. kept it going. Yeah. Um, we also oh, laundered Elon's. We also laundered Elon's reputation in the first in the second one. Yeah, but everyone did that for a while. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We we get the um the Tony is there at his place. Um, and all of a sudden the doctor from the past shows up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to try to like find out what's going on. Tony's confused. Jarvis is like, this is why you don't give your address out to everyone. <laughs> I do like the fact that Mandarin surprised his attacks being news choppers. That was well placed. That this was feels well like, placed. This feels like the first movie where Jarvis feels like a personality in a way that like he's always kind of had quippy and things like that, but this time it feels like he's he's well, you not also just... catch him compromised yeah and that yeah. actually kind of gives a flavor of him like when he's losing power it's like he's drunk yeah you're kind of getting a personification vibe onto the character yeah they're getting him who knows him sure, who knows it may be just paul bethany is brilliant you know who knows oh i think both but both. I, I i definitely feel like this movie was the first time you felt like jarvis had feelings about things more than just like well, was at this a point data, was a data analyst you know sort of idea 
at this point they would have known they were doing age of Ultron. oh yeah and yeah obviously so they would have already known been setting it up which is probably uh, why he had a, a bit more of that role in that way yeah um so the they start destroying my beautiful home god i love that <laughs> home to destroy it and then we get an interesting cool thing um tony can send the suit onto other people yeah which gets a callback mm-hmm. later on yeah, and so he puts the suit on Pepper to, so she can get out of there safely and save the doctor in like a hair of a second too. I mean yeah. that the force that that thing must have landed on her <laughs> essentially, you know. Well, like, all I mean, we know it hits hard because yeah, when he gets hit in the crotch when he puts it on the first time. <laughs> so like, but like you think about all of those things came together and enclosed her within like half a second. Yeah, not even like milliseconds. And then you, you know? got to hope she knows how to use it. This is where it gets part of the Iron Man suit boggles my mind because I'm like, there's no well, she doesn't. Manual. No, she doesn't have full capabilities and how to use it. She does. The propulsor problem was a bit of an issue. I think some of it has an intuitive nature to it, like I basic like human functions, has. basic human functions. I think yeah, it's yeah. quite capable. But like you saw when she tries to use the repulsor to get out, she literally can't can't quite figure it out. It's not quite as intuitive as she thought it was. Well, this goes back to the AI of Jarvis at this point, too, right? It's uh, Jarvis yeah. himself or itself is far more intuitive at this point. Yes. Is able to probably just, which ironically, I'm also like, I thought when she, he got like, when she got swallowed up or whatever by the thing, I don't know how else to put it, that it was basically the AI bot coming back, but now with a person inside and it was still going to be entirely not up to her. It was just going to kind of like grab and run you know so to well speak. even when it was in that ai bot mode tony was controlling it so yeah, i think it is true. work it is working yeah. under her instruction yeah i wonder if tony did still kind of control a little bit of it now that you mentioned that eric mm-hmm. but he get she gets yeah. out and then he rips it off of her to save his own ass like, he's got he's got to under yeah because he's getting jarvis in his ear talking about like she's safe out of harm's way things like that yeah, like proximity, or I think there's something like radius, you know, something like that. Basically, like he clears negligible the risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's he, what it is. He said she's cleared the perimeter of the building, and that's yeah. when he recalls it. Yeah. yeah, and then he manages to save himself right before death. And then the suit gets him out of there, and it's pre-programmed to go to Tennessee because that's where they were looking into something, <laughs> and then it crash lands. Because that is proof Jarvis is not perfect. Right. Because <laughs> you think Jarvis would have been like, we're going to hold on that. We're going to pause the queue here. <laughs> well, I mean, he after he crash lands and then we learned that, yes, he didn't make a mistake. And he's like, something's wrong, sir. And then he dies. Mm. And they fucking kill Jarvis. And I tear up every time. Because uh, to your point, they've made him into like a living being. And then yeah. they essentially kill him in this moment. We don't get him back for a long time. Or do we? I don't know. Maybe spoilers, um, but he's dead in this moment. As we're watching the movie, <laughs> spoilers for this moment of the movie. <laughs> That's right. Um, but now we're going to start to learn that Aldrich works for the Mandarin, mm. or does he? Mm. Does she? I don't know. Ooh. And then of course, he she he does. Tony eventually does get to make that phone call. Does. Um, that, there's a spot. I, my next note is um, I love a good guilt trip because we're gonna we get to the little kid, and I love when the kid guilt trips <laughs> Tony. Oh, the kid also triggered his PTSD with that. Hey, what about that wormhole in New York? Yeah, sure word. 
So I, I totally remember the kid Tony relationship is more developed than it became, in my opinion. Really? Mm-hmm. So you I do like the, the fact that they... for Marvel. Yeah, I guess that <laughs> I, like, I like I like later on when the kid tries to guilt him that last time about I'm cold. <laughs> and he's like, I don't care. Yeah. I know. <laughs> um, so Tony is going to end up calling up War Machine. And be like, hey, I need to get some passwords for you. I'm not going to give you my password. I need your password. But if I give you your password, i got to change it again. Yeah, I still want your password. War Machine <laughs> rocks with an X. I love all the terrorists. <laughs> They're like laughing at him. He's like, shut up. <laughs> oh, yeah. We should also mention that uh, the U.S. government doing what the U.S. government does sent Iron Patriot out to take care of everyone who might possibly be a problem. So we now know what the Iron Man suit would have done in the hands of the U.S. government. Got yes, it. so thank God they don't have, they don't have that. Hey, did um, you guys realize future call out? This kid is an end game. Yeah, I don't remember. Yes, yeah, we'll see yeah. him again. I'll point him out Fucking again. Hell. There. Fucking hell. Okay. I do like uh, the fact that when Tony has does not have the suit, there is there you get to actually see him having to improvise using him basically him being a genius mm-hmm. improvising things quite a bit in this film not only in the tennessee but when he ends up in miami later there's a lot of sequences where he has to like basically make improvised weapons that i was like okay good job macgyver yes um we learn sorry i was writing down note as you were saying that um yes i do agree he becomes macgyver in this and i do appreciate it because that was the do what you do best build okay mm-hmm. um to, then we get to the extremist test, which were in 2009. So the extremist was being tested in these soldiers back in Iron Man 2. Mm. So right after the Hulk, um, they start testing it. And Iron Man 2 is happening. Thor is happening. They're testing extremists. They don't do anything when the Avengers need help. Because they're not good soldiers. World's at war, but whatever. Uh, but they, the people he's recruiting are obviously sort of veterans who feel disenfranchised and disregarded by the system. He's literally exploiting people who are coming back from war as wounded veterans is what he does. Yes. Which is unfortunately a very real subject that does not get enough attention. I thought it was interesting the way that at least it was brought because in a weird messed up way in our real world, those disaffected veterans who come back oftentimes end up in white nationalist militias sometimes. Yep. Sadly. Mm-hmm. Instead, in this world, they end up in extremists. And working for the Mandarin, which mm. Iron Man Tony has broken in to the Mandarin's compound, is working his way through, going room to room, trying to find him. He walks into the room. He finds the two women laying there in bed. And yeah. then this random toilet flush, and someone comes out and is like, oh, don't go in there for a while. And it's, it's Trevor. Trevor. Trevor Slattery. (laughs) One of my favorite MCU moments. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to just say this. Ben Kingsley getting to play something off-kilt like this is just amazing. I I know. I love it so much. What if Madison's related to Travis somehow? Oh, oh, Trevor. Trevor. That would be amazing. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Trevor. I don't like him, Travis. And you know what? He's, He's her godfather. I bet you money. Oh, that'd be amazing. amazing. (laughs) What there's something he's supposed to be in. Um, one of the new shows he's supposed to be coming into. Of what? Hulk season two. Disney shows. Yeah, one of the season two would be good. 
No, I don't think it's She-Hulk season two is another one that um, I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be in. Now I can't think of the shows. If it comes to me, I'll interject in a little bit. Right. But one of the future shows, I believe he's listed as a cast member um, hmm. for the show. But while the U.S. government has been clumsily sending Iron Patriot around the world, the Mandarin them ambush him and capture him. Yes. And then they steal his suit. They do still. They do still. Um, t- um, Iron Patriot suit while having mm-hmm. Tony locked up in the same building. It's just a weird coinky dink that we can set up a buddy cop thing. For a few yes, minutes. that was fun. Um. Oh, you know what he's in? I just looked him up. Sorry. No, go for it. Wonder Man. Thank you. Thank you. I knew oh, he was good. in something That's, else. Because it makes sense like that it. he would be in Wonder Man because of the actor. West Coast. West Coast no. too. No, that'd be great. Oh, Jeff's kiss. Jeff's kiss. Uh, all right, now we can. And of course, they use this. the Iron Patriot suit to infiltrate Air Force One. <laughs> they do, but before we get to that, I want one thing that I love is when Tony gets the glove and the foot piece, and he's trying to get out of there. But right before <laughs> it gets there, he's constantly like, "All right, and surrender." And in three, two, one. Okay, yeah. they're going to come through the window. It's like three, two, one. <laughs> all right, I swear to God, they're really coming this. One of my favorite comedians. I've got to say, this, that's a great like delay tactic if you ever need one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially since the guys are like, what's going on? Is he on yeah, drugs? But you got like not to, you can like extend for 20 seconds. That's probably yeah. about it. Not to miss a plot point that at this point Maya's dead and Aldrich Killian wants Tony to work for him yeah. and has the bargaining chip that he has put extremis into pepper. Yeah. He puts mm-hmm. pepper, so. um puts the extremis into pepper. Because Maya led her and yeah. got her caught, you know. Yeah. So we've just jumped back to where you had mentioned a second ago. Um, Iron Patriot is on Air Force One. Um, and at first, they do an interesting thing where it almost, impl- I thought at first, was going to be an empty suit. Because we've seen the empty suit already. Mm-hmm. But then it's it's the um, goon from Breaking Bad on the plane. Blows open a hole on the plane. Kills lots when of people he, on the plane. He sends the president in the Iron Patriot suit to his little rendezvous with a Roxxon oil carrier. Yep. <coughs> Roxxon keeps coming back. Um, we do get Iron Man up there to help out, to save the day, and Tony's got to figure out how do you get 13 people safely to the ground when they're falling. Oh, barrel of monkeys. Monkeys. I don't think this would really work in real life. No, um, either. But, you know, well, it, it might. I do. I do appreciate the fact that once he has them all together, he engages them in a bit of like pulling up to kill the inertia before dropping them in the water. That you I know? don't the, disagree with. Yeah, it's the fact cool. that some of them were out of that plane a lot longer than I think he had. I Maybe. think at least two of them would have hit the ground. Possibly. But it's a comic book movie, so we'll suspend um, some reality. Um but it is a cool no. sequence, and then we <laughs> then he gets hit, and we learn that oh, it wasn't really, wasn't really him. Yeah, he was pilot, remote piloting. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're setting up this remote pilot over and over again while they continue going where they need to go, and then they in get Trevor's there. speedboat. Yeah, in Trevor's speedboat, we um, once they get to the space, they discover that they need to have um, some backup. So Tony activates. The house party protocol. <laughs> and yeah, I here. noted I noted the names of some of these suits that we're going to be looking at here. Okay, I see you pulled. It. So we have the Mark 17, the artillery level RT suit, which he called, which we hear called Heartbreaker. 
Mark 33 Enhanced Synergy Suit, or the Silver Centurion, which is one of my all-time favorite comic book armors. We have the Mark 35 Disaster Rescue Suit, or Red Snapper, which we also hear called out. Um, we do see the Mark 38, the heavy lifting suit, their Igor, which is the one that Prawl, he calls in to prop up the crane and saves them from falling off. We also have the Mark 39 suborbital Gemini, Mark 40. This is interesting. They actually list the Mark 40 twice. Uh, Mark, they have one that's the hypervelocity or shotgun, and the other one is the heavy construction or striker or thumper. Uh, my son actually has the thumper suit. That's the one with the little extended arm pieces. There's a Lego piece for that one. There's the uh, the bone suit, and then also another Sylvan Centurion called Blue Steel. Hmm. Are the ones that are listed, and that's according to the official Marvel database. Nice. What's what's the uh, one that becomes like the brace? That's Igor. That's the uh, the heavy lifting suit, Mark Thirty Eight. Okay. It's, yeah, it basically is problem. No, uh, go back to that picture. The one in go back to the picture you were just pulling up right here. Was saying now the other one, the one with the oh. other. Yeah, the one with the, the the really good picture, like that one right there. I think on the far left, that is the heartbreaker. I know the silver centurions in the middle. Um, I think red snapper or heartbreaker, one of these two. Uh, Mark sixteen. I think that's the this heartbreaker. Is this, that's, but I think that's heartbreaker. I think that's the same one. Mark thirty three is silver centurion. I recognize that one. Um, I think. This one that they're showing here of the Mark 40, I think this might be the shotgun. Ah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good, it's a fun little, we get to throw a bunch of Easter eggs for this part of the movie where we get to see a whole bunch of suits. Um, basically, it's like a, com- it's, a it's, 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 it's a comic book. It's yeah. literally a comic book nerds kind of like geek out, you know, and I'm a huge Iron Man fan from back in my days collecting comics early on. And it's so fan it's, like a, it's a, <laughs> yo, it's great. It, it is, is definitely fan service. And it's done very well. I mean, it's fun. Is fan service good? Didn't we have this debate the other day? We yeah, did no, no, no. I, there's good fan service. There's good fan service and bad fan service. This, this is, is good, good fan, fan service. service. Yes. You know it's bad fan service when they drop Pepper to her death. Yeah. God, they just kill everyone in this. Jarvis has died. Pepper's died. Thank God for that extremist, right? That must have hurt, know. though. She got lucky, Still feel though. it. But you know, k- k- killing can bleed flames. He can yeah. bleed flames. I love that they breathe it out. I love the sequence as we get to the end of Killian's life in the final fight, where Tony's running from spot to spot, jumping into suits, suits breaking. He has to keep popping out of them. Um, and then we get to he's finally just like, you know what? Send the suit onto Killian. No, yeah, that was fun. Like, do a self destruct. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's a great way to do it. But then, you know, as a good evil bastard, he comes back. You have to cut the head off, guys. That's how this works. You got to cut the head off. Yeah. And then he's like, I am the Mandarin. It's like, oh, really? But then we got a Pepper Potts to the rescue. And Gwyneth Paltrow at her best in this movie, by the way. I don't know if I've mentioned that enough. This, she's at her best in this movie. She's really good. Yeah. I never cared yeah. for Gwyneth Paltrow until these movies, and now I like Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, she she was great actually as Pepper in general. Mm-hmm. Um, now she's super Pepper. I also think like with extremists. Up until this point, at the very least, she is the best female lead of the Marvel movies in terms of like these kind of things because like you have like your Natalie Portman, obviously. Uh, I guess actually that's not fair to um. 
Oh, I can't think of the actress's name from Agent Carter. Oh, yeah, Haley Atwell. Yeah, she deserves a lot too, obviously. So, I guess like she's the best of the romantic leads, if that makes sense. Haley Atwell is kind of just a normal kick-ass spy who also fell in love. Yeah. So, question for you guys: Do you think Aldrich is still alive? No. So you think? But who dead? knows? Who knows? I'm on the fence on probably this one. not. Yeah. Probably not. But you never know. I'm on the fence. He did well, seem I mean, to survive a lot. Yeah, so, that's why I'm on the fence. I guess my so this actually brings a good point. So he gets stuck in the in the suit, right, and explodes. Which, yep, which then explodes, and he comes back. Then he comes back, and she just Beats hits the him? shit out of him. Yeah, hits him really hard, and he flies away. Yeah, he's alive. That's what I'm thinking too. That he's yeah, he's alive. alive. He didn't die. He just got hit, and we can see he fucking can explode like. Like a self-destructing, imploding Iron Man suit. Yeah, I, no offense to Pepper Potts, but a good swing, you know, a good right hook ain't going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we agree that he is alive, except for John doesn't agree, but we agree that he he's still alive. Tony decides to do clean slate, which is blow up every suit. So how much do you think those suits cost and how much money he wasted that night? <laughs> a lot. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's not that for the money. Several million dollars. I think oh, many times over. he probably does cross into a like a six figure. Well, when I know you get into six, what his seven, eight, nine, maybe like well, if you start doing the labor nine cost, figures, like what does his time cost? And then you add that to how much time has well, he spent on all of them? No, no, we can't well, add his time. He's point. he's crazy. He's yeah, a crazy but, person. Well, I'm, I'm, time time is money. Time is money, but he's still retired. No, but it's yeah, his money. He, He's paying himself. If he were working on anything else, his labor would cost a certain amount. I'm just saying. I, this you know, he'd be, he'd be like he's doing it for Shield. <laughs> he's not doing. He's not doing this like he's doing it for Shield. It's not a consulting fee. I mean, this isn't is it literally him. His, well, it's his own money, his own time. This is a personal. Right. Yeah, project. but if we're saying he's how much did it. it cost, you should factor that in. All right, fine. Yeah. Whatever. But people Mr. don't do that with personal. It's not people just don't materials. Do it's time and materials. All right, all right, all right. We've clean slated. He's destroyed yes. them all. So we've learned that Tony has found a way to to remove extremists from Pepper. Mm-hmm. Also, he's, <laughs> yeah, that was just a nice little quick cleanup, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. We've now learned that he's um, finally just figured out how to remove the shrapnel from his chest. And he doesn't need the chest piece anymore. It's more like he didn't. I think he knew he, that could be done. I think he just procrastinated. So we went Ooh. through movie two. Where he knew that it could be done while he's wearing this thing that could kill him. Hmm. I, I I call I call and he's, and he's poisoning and killing himself. Yeah, well, I I, I I think that the, I think that there were some medical advances in the time frame. Okay, I'll get I'll buy you that one. And to be clear, Iron Man two, he's in the depths of his depression. This is true. Also, is true. it's the doctor who Jensen tried to tell can introduce introduce him to. Yeah, from the burn conference. Ooh. Um, we get happy being awake. Hey, happy. He's with there with uh, watching his Downton Abbey. Do you think he went off to do like Star Wars during this and started a Star Wars process, or was this Lion King? Like, um, why was he not in this movie as much? I'm pretty sure it was Lion King, but it was also Tony um, or Robert Downey Jr. and um, John Favreau had a small falling out oh, in real life. I didn't know. Yeah, because Iron Man, Iron Man one. They had a great time working. I was very improvised, and Iron Man two was more rigid onto the script. And Tony, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Downey Jr. didn't like that. Gotcha. So there's a little. There bit were of tensions. There, there yeah. were tensions. 
Um, so then we're going to find out that you want to be best friends with Tony Stark because he gives hell of a gift. Oh, fuck yeah. Because <laughs> that kid yeah. gets some amazing shit. Uh, did you catch the um, Stan Lee cameo? Yeah, he's the pageant. Yeah. 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 He's the yeah. pageant guy. That was a quick one. Yeah. Um, and then we get the awesome end tags. I love the end, or sorry, the end credits for this movie. I really love the end credits. And then um, we get the end tag, which is funny, of Tony talking to his therapist, mm-hmm. Mr. Bruce Banner. Are you falling asleep? Did you fall asleep? Yeah. <laughs> Finally getting that therapy he needed. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not that kind of doctor. I'm not that kind of doctor. All right, let's jump to the short real fast since it ties into this. Um, and there's not a lot to say about the short. Um, Marvel's one shot, All Hail the King um, from 2014. So a year later, um, 14 minutes long. Drew Pierce wrote it and directed it. Brian Tyler, who did the music for um, Iron Man 3. And if I remember correctly, yes, he's also going to do the music for Thor. Um, did the music for this. Um, ben Kingsley returning um matt gillard who is um he plays the white power dave is his character name but he is melvin from daredevil and it made me so happy to see him in this even if it's a different character and eric's favorite sam rockwell as justin hammer so So, sam rockwell way better than uh the guy from iron man 3 now i can't even remember his name now um killian no yeah well yeah yeah that guy the actor i can't think of his name i should Oh, um, Guy Pierce. Guy Thank Pierce. you. Thank you. No, I, I can agree with that in this. Um, like, if you ask me who I want to still be alive in 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 play in the MCU, that uh, <laughs> it I, just I it wants me for Iron our Armor Wars to have Justin, yeah, um, well, Sam Rockwell. Justin back. Um, so yeah, I love it. This is just a simple short. Like he's become a celebrity. Someone's going to make a documentary about him, and it's just this very like 70s noir cheesy thing mm-hmm. um they're in seagate prison i love that he has his assistant herman and is like where's my chucky milk and get me some kale <laughs> and that's what he bumps into melvin um from daredevil um white power dave who starts a fight herman comes and saves him and then all the other guys are like hey to the voice <laughs> and you'll never see me coming <laughs> and there's like yay like kiss the rings bitch kiss the rings mm-hmm. um then we go to his room where does he get a why does he have such a nice room did you, you think about that his corruption. room why is it corruption that's some serious corruption yeah well i mean look at look at look at uh when we get to guardians and when you go to the kiln true corruption <laughs> true um i like the as he's being interviewed and the guy's start, starting to stand up and you're like oh something's wrong here something's wrong and then he starts turning the camera starts shift morphing and or transforming into a gun like he's got a little miniature megatron in there <laughs> and then it pops out and then like the look on trevor's face as it's all going down and the guy's like you didn't think that the the ten rings were gonna get would come after you, like <laughs> oh, it's so good. Alluding that there is a real Mandarin out there, which always wondered: did they always know there was gonna be a real Mandarin, or did they throw that into this to get people to shut up off the internet? Maybe both, because this always felt a little bit like a fine. We get it. You didn't like that this was the Mandarin here. Just watch this. You'll be happy. I think you could do, I think you could serve both purposes. It could do that. But at the same time, without tipping their hand, it basically alludes that 
you know, it leaves the door open for them to do put in a real Mandarin, which they will. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think it's, I think it's a little bit above. I think I think it's like okay, they seem to be really upset with us. Well, let's do this, and then you know we can always just open up a door and leave it open for ourselves to like bring back or re- then uh, give us the real Mandarin. Yeah, you know. Um, and of course, like the it's obviously an imposter. You know. Yeah, and the documentarian had the rings um, tattooed on. And then mm-hmm. we get to the tag, um, which was Justin Hammer is in the same prison and doesn't like Trevor. <laughs> it's just amusing to me. <laughs> I do hope he's back in Armor Wars. God, I want him back too. I love. Did you watch through the credits? Because there's like more scenes with him in the credits. Yeah. And like yeah. the guy, he's like, "Not now, babe." Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, this that would totally be Justin Hammer. <laughs> that would totally be Justin Hammer." All right. Let's um let's do a library real quick. Eric, oh yeah, you want to do a library? Let's do a library real fast. Shit, we're getting there. Let's do this. Story's not right. gonna take us long to talk about. Let's do a library. All right, library. It's time for library. Uh, for this episode is we're taking it out. Uh, last time we were in Missoula, Montana. If you remember, uh, we're staying out in that area, uh, out in the Pacific Northwest, uh, Midwest. Uh, what do you call that? Uh, where we're we're staying in Boise, Idaho this time, um, and this one actually comes from a fan recommendation. Um, this actually comes because I it's Boise Public Library exclamation point. Uh, that's right, the library added an exclamation point to its name on the outside of its building in order to gin up uh, more publicity and more uh, readership and more attendance and to, you know more of a public image, I guess. Uh, funny thing, it seems to have worked, at least initially when they did it. Uh, I think this was several years ago now. Um, Boise, Idaho, uh, the Bo- Boise Public Library, for those of you keeping score, you know I always do this. The zip code there is 83702. Uh, so here we come. Some of the facts about Boise, Idaho, exclamation uh, mark. So Andrew Carnegie, and if you remember, actually, Andrew Carnegie has already been mentioned in my recommendations. Um, he was mentioned at least in the Grand Rapids, Michigan. I can I can confirm he might have been in some others. Um, but Andrew Carnegie actually funded a lot of local libraries um, during his life uh, and kind of in the early 1900s. Uh, in fact, it was around 1400 uh, different communities that he helped fund a library in. Uh, so this is the early 1900s. Uh, and so this was one of them. He uh, awarded the library. Uh, you know, to they had to supply land and ongoing maintenance, obviously, but ultimately, uh, the Columbian Club of Idaho at that point uh, persuaded Boise City Fathers, which I'm assuming is their founders, but that's how they phrased it, so that was a little weird, uh, to provide the matching funds necessary for the administration and maintenance of a Carnegie Library. So, Boise's Carnegie Public Library opened its doors at 815 West Washington on June 22nd, 1905. Um, the institution remained there until April of 1973 when it moved to its present location, uh, which is South Capitol Boulevard. Uh, the city leaders there decided that purchasing and renovating the Salt Lake Hardware Building, which was built in 1946, for those keeping count, uh, was more cost effective than tearing down and rebuilding the the uh, the new Carnegie site. Right. Um, so uh, that is kind of the story. It, it's had a interesting kind of history since then from what i understand like i said it added exclamation one point um it had a very successful uh 
library on wheels, you know, sort of library bus coming around and driving around the streets of Boise and supplying books. Uh, I think it was unfortunately decommissioned in 2012 um, uh, due to funding um, and maintenance costs and things like that. Um, your Boise Public Library exclamation mark is available to the to the residents of Boise, Idaho and any visitors. I hope you when you visit, you do go there um, available every day. So Monday through Sunday. At 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So you got about a four-hour window any given day. Now, if you're there on a weekday, you do get extended hours. Uh, I think most of the time it doesn't open before 10 or before 9. Uh, so most of your extended hours are going to be in the afternoon, evening time. Uh, now, if you are at the Boise uh, Public Library, exclamation mark, you may realize that you are in the heart of it, right? There's a ton around you. So literally across the street, uh, you should be able to see or at least take a two-minute walk to the Idaho State Museum, the Boise Art Museum, and Zoo Boise, which is obviously their their public zoo, set in the middle of a really beautiful, uh, larger, just kind of public park in general. All, of course, on the riverfront, uh, riverbanks, uh, north side, I believe it would be technically. Uh, so, yeah, that is your Boise Public Library exclamation mark. A great one. And a, a thank you to uh, to uh, our, our fan out there who gave this as a recommendation. If you want to recommend your own public library, please reach out to me at notfunnyguys.offthereels at gmail.com. Excellent. Thank you, Eric. You can also, if you want to write to notfunnyguys.offthereels at gmail.com, you can ask us questions, give us comments, concerns, you know, tips. We love restaurant recommendations. We love those mm, a lot. I would love a good recommend. Um, particularly in the D.C. area. We're always looking for good places to eat in the D.C. area. Not that we live there, but we like to eat there. Help us find the perfect chicken sandwich. More to come, folks. Oh, there's more, more to, come to come on the chicken sandwich. It's going to be amazing when we get there. We've been talking about this one for years. <laughs> Just like we've been talking about Thor the Dark World. And is it a good ah, movie or not? Damn it, we have. <laughs> <laughs> Another Paramount movie, 2013. Um, just under two hours, an hour and 52 minutes. I believe this was the shortest MC movie for a while. And yet... <laughs> Um, it felt like the longest <laughs> not an origin story so alan taylor directs this it was going to be after um after kenneth brown off the yeah. first one it was going to be um oh i can't think of her name now um who did wonder woman um oh patty jenkins patty jenkins right? was going to do it natalie portman had got patty jenkins on board patty jenkins was like oh hell no <laughs> I know what happens if I direct this movie. You're going to say women can't direct things and mm. left, which pissed off Natalie Portman. And then a lot of chaos ensued. And then you get um, Alan Tyler comes in written by Christopher Yost and Marcus and McFeely. And then Brian Taylor does the music again. So the cast to all your Thor people back, except for we get a little bit of changes around um, Christopher, Christopher Eccleson is Malekith. Um, we got this time Zachary Levi as Fandral. We've got, um, oh, I'm gonna, oh, that's weird. Sorry, the my autocorrect um, changed up weirdly. Um, I can't think of her name. Um, there's the Borg Queen is the nurse elf in this. Um, but I, oh, Alice Krieg, that's what her name is. Um, I see what happened. So Alice She's Krieg. Running the Soul Forge. Yeah, running the Soul Forge. She's ear. Um, or air, however you pronounce it. Um, Alde Acuno Abuje is the cursed. 
Um, and then Stan Lee is Stan Lee. And then we're going to get two fun surprise cameos in here. The first one is we get Chris Evans as Loki as Captain America, which cracks yes. me up. Mm-hmm. And Valdicio del Toro as the collector who confused the fuck out of everyone in that tag <laughs> <laughs> when this first um, when this first ran. So, Eric, just for your um, visual mm. knowledge, that is what Thor looked like in the comic books in this time period in 2013. Jesus. <laughs> yep. He's man. Man like, with a big hammer. <laughs> He's muscles with like a hammer. <laughs> There's no man there. <laughs> um, this is what Malekith looks like. I know you have questions based okay. on that, but yeah, that's but that's a pretty like. cool. That's a pretty cool design, actually. I like that. Yes, this is a cool design. You're right. That is. Here's another look at him. Um, again, it is a cool design. Very neat. Almost too facey. But we got that. That's horrible. And then we got we got we got that. That's also not good. Yeah, uh, I think those are the only costume ones I did. And then, uh, yeah, so let's talk about Thor the Dark World. So first off, I'm just going to say it. The elf mask, creepy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Do it looks like, like something from uh, like Mike Myers. It looks like Jason Voorhees kind of like serial killer vibes. I do not like the elf mask design in it. I just don't like the elf designs. Like they don't look like elves. And get it? Yeah, there's space elves. I don't care if you put elf <laughs> in the name, make them look like elves. Well, they get the pointy ears. That's their. We helmet. do. We yeah, do but that's creating origin... a pointy ear look. Still. Yeah. Okay. Well, we get we do get an origin story for the ether though in this film. We do get an ether origin story, and we do get like an origin story of the universe to to a degree. To a degree, just, yes. This this villain, I'm just gonna go and say it feels too much like the villain from the last one. It is. I don't. This I, is like, not their best it, villain. It felt like it felt like a re- rehash in so many ways. It is that storyline. Well, I'm not gonna deny that's a bit of a rehash. What's sad is he's one of Thor's like main villains, but Thor doesn't really have any good villains. Or at least he greatest, didn't greatest for a long galleries. time. He didn't for the longest time. Outside of his brother, it's really not exactly a super yeah. awesome rogues gallery. Yeah. Up until the 2000... No, Heroes Reborn is when they started to branch out his his rogues some. Um, we've learned that the Bifrost is fixed in this. Yes. And, and there's actually a Thor is out there. Yeah, Thor's actually out there fixing up the, the, the realms. Yep. Which, by the way, leads me, because we find this out because we cut to him after Odin chews out Loki. Um, um, and, of course, Odin, for some reason in this film, feels like even more of an a-hole than he did last time. Um, yeah, I don't know. but at least he just, feels like he's talking to them at this time. He's like he's like it, like <laughs> ramping it up a little bit, like we're like turning this up. But I, I have a conspiracy theory I want to throw out. Something that happens on Vanheim. Okay. When Thor faces off against the Marauders or whatever they are as champion, the Korg, he kills Korg's father. That's what I thought. It looked like a Korg. Well, it's, oh, I don't. It's, it's the no, species. No, no, no. But it is a species. Think a... I think this is Korg's father because when we meet Korg and Thor Ragnarok, he says the only people who show to his presence is his mom and his stepdad, who he hates. Thor killed Korg's father. But wait a minute, but why do you think Thor killed Korg's father? That guy. Well, I, 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 I think because 
that and, I think he did because I think it's because he talks about having a stepfather that he hates. I'm just going pure conspiracy theory. Oh, here. I okay. No proof. I thought you were trying to say that Korg throws a line that says my father died in a battle of Vormir or something. No, like no, no. I'm literally reading into the situation that he had a stepdad who he hated, and <laughs> okay. that somehow he was without a father. And I am assuming that that father died on Vanaheim when Thor literally broke him. Okay, I'll allow it. I just think it's like, a fun second little, opinion. I just want to, I just want to, like you know, throw that out there as a conspiracy theory that really undermines Thor and Korg's friendship. All right, no, I'll <laughs> allow it. A second opinion, Eric. Do you allow it? I mean, follow us down the rabbit hole, baby. Let's go. All right, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Let's make hey, this folks, hey, folks. Hey, folks. Write in. We're gonna. I'm gonna po- make a post about this. But write in. Tell us your thoughts. What do you think about this conspiracy theory? So does that mean the rock storm is coming? <laughs> okay, I'll see myself out. Good night, folks. Right. Um, I would like to, I, I like that we're making up conspiracy theories to help improve this movie. I want to stay <laughs> before we go further into Anything. this movie. I want, before we go further into this movie, I want to just state for the record, I do think this is one of the lesser MCU films, but it does not make it a bad movie. It's just when you rank things, they do have to go. You know, something has to be above others. This is a this is at least an interesting Thor tale. It felt like reading oh, one of the yeah. old comic books. So From I'll a Marvel movie standpoint, this wipes the floor with like sci-fi man thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there because you know what the next thing we're going to get right after Korg is killed? What? Shazam! Zachary Levi taking over the oh, role. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. very weird when he shows weird. up. Um, my understanding is it was because of um, the other, because the other one was Prince Charming and um that show on abc oh yeah 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 once, once upon, upon a time, time huh? yeah, yeah. Mm. so I'm, my understanding is his schedule just didn't allow for him to come back mm. but i do Man. know that he has stated on record that he was promised a bigger role in uh, the mc i was about to say fuck they got zach levy for that yeah yeah i mean he was zach, fun in that tiny little zach thing. i know you hate probably being called zach especially by people who don't know you but the, i don't remember cool, he, zach <laughs> I look forward to see if he comes back in the third one because I know the three are in the third one, but I just don't remember if he plays. He is. He is. Does he? He actually gets to play him. Yeah, okay. really briefly. Yeah, I knew it was <laughs> he was going to have a bigger role, but you know. Yeah. Uh, so we do eventually go back to Earth to find Jane dating an underappreciated actor by the name who played a character played by Chris O'Dowd, who is a brilliant comedian. Who gets a really underrated part in this film? He does get a little bit of an underrated part in the film. Um, I do like that that sequence, the the dinner sequence, and then when Darcy oh, yeah. shows up um, <laughs> with her intern. With the well, we don't get the intern at first, but then yeah, oh, we get right. the intern. Um, and then I love the going out there and then finding like the wormhole in the mm-hmm. building mm-hmm. and dropping the keys. Let me see your shoe. Give me your shoe. And then she ends up throwing the he are sorry, he ends up throwing the keys. Like, did you did you throw the keys in the car? Which a great callback this sets up. I will give it then we'll give this scene that that sets up an amazing callback. Um that's all it had to do. That's all it had to do. Jane gets (laughs) Jane gets somehow sucked into the realm where the ether is to get the ether into her. And then she gets spit back out, which is always a little hazy to me how she gets spit back out. But once she gets spit back out and things start happening, so not going down where what the ether is later, but do you think she was like the storm 
that was above her. Was she augmenting reality to get by her own wishes and moods to create the storm bubble? Quite possible. Because I always felt like she was create. She was once she got it in her, she was starting to um, alter reality around her in various mm-hmm. different ways. Yeah. Well, and then of course Thor shows up because she's gone MIA. Right. Can't see you. Where you go? Oh, oh, oh. Okay. And, and so what happens? Is- we get back to Asgard. Get her in that Soul Forge, which she immediately sees as like an MRI machine. Or a mass spectrometer, I'm sorry, whatever she was calling it. And then, of yeah. course, Odin comes in and's like, oh, send her back. She's she's supposed to die. Yeah. And then like, until no, he no, realizes, no, no. until he realizes she's got something. Yeah. Um, and then on the Soul Forge, we get our um Alice Keg, um, mm-hmm. the board queen herself. She'll always be the board queen or the creepy lady from um Silent Hill. Oh gosh, please. Oh. Um <laughs> But yes, yeah, so we start to learn like Odin, like Odin wants Thor to um to hook up with an Asgardian woman, a real woman, a warrior woman, like Sif, who's his wife in the mythology. Yeah, hmm. but uh, no, Odin or Thor doesn't want to. Thor just wants that little human girl. I do love that they brought Odin's ravens into this movie. By the way, yeah, that was a nice touch. That was a nice touch. Um, it would have been nice if the ravens would have turned on him and found out that they wanted him was actually <laughs> possessed and was anyway. <laughs> That's one of them was a scroll. Yeah, going down the comic book wormhole there. Um, so yeah, so now we got Jane there on Asgard. The curse gets into Asgard, where Loki is being held and breaks oh, everyone out. Let's not forget that back on Earth, Darcy's trying to find Eric Selvig, oh, yeah, only to find out he's been running around naked at Stonehenge. Yes, because he had a god inside his head. Well, leaving. we but that's that is much later down the line though. Yes, that I know, that's scene true. is not until after all the um all the chaos has happened on Asgard. We just know that she's looking for him. Yes, but apparently the Dark Elves can get past Heimdall, which is interesting, and I love that he's scared of that. Um, but then they get in. The curse breaks everyone out except for Loki because he's not dumb. Um, leaves Loki in there, and then. Um, they go through, gets all the way to um, Frigga and Jane, and Frigga dies. But she or burns her... off that guy half that face. Yep, um, but she does use her illusion powers to help mm-hmm. um, Jane survive. Protect Jane. Yeah. Yep. Half his face gets burned off, which gives him the classic half um, face look from the comic books. I and will then... say something else. We do get something that I think is the most. Touchingly beautiful moment is the funeral sequence. Yes. That, that is, is I, 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 it's something incredibly yeah, sad, but beautiful. Sense. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I, I really like the, this funeral and I love that, um, he hits the ground, um, with whatever it had there and that causes, I assume that was the magic that caused her, um, her boat to float once it hit the end of the waterfall. Yes. And go out there, and it establishes that when Asgardians die, they become like the vapor bubbles, which we'll see again later. They turn into stardust. Yeah, stardust. I think this is the first time we've seen. I don't remember seeing it in the first. No, this is the first time we see it. We'll see it again, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. So then Thor is like, "I've got to, I've got to do the one thing I shouldn't do. I'm gonna have to go get my friend, my buddy, my bro. I'm gonna have to go get the Lokester." 
but that's also because Asgard's now on lockdown and he is obsessed with like getting to the the, the source and getting to the reality of what's going on and he employs Heimdall to help him out who's PO too and I love the fact that when we see the illusion of Loki break away in his cell oh, and the realization so of just how much how broken he has been by all of this yeah yeah, yeah the illusion yeah oh so th- this is where Loki really starts to shine mm-hmm. like in this particular movie yeah yes and he also this is probably the last of the really whiny Loki. I feel oh, like where it's like, oh, I love my father. I feel like he's whiny in Ragnarok, but I'll have to, I'll, we'll see when we rewatch it. Yeah. I'll watch I feel it, like yeah. he's a little whiny in that one. Yeah. But like, it's a little I'm, bit. Yeah. But like, I'm going to be a dick because like, I'm jealous type thing. I don't know. Well, that's just Loki. Well, we, we starting to let, we've let go of some of the jealousy things now because this is where the, the brother familial bonding over grief gets really amped up mm-hmm. uh in a way that where you see the sort of bringing them to get this this tragedy has brought them closer mm-hmm. in many ways you know um and i think it's interesting how when they break out all the people who assist him all his thor's friends threaten loki yeah consistently yeah. which is a pretty good uh, running gag that they set up there mm-hmm. yeah yeah i did like that and i, I love that as the Thor, as they're walk. Thor's walking with him, and he morphs into a soldier, which mm-hmm. is fascinating. Which he will use again later. The same soldier. Yes. Then he morphs in. He morphs um, Thor into. Is it Sif? I can't remember now. Who? Who? Yes. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. And then, which is interesting, that you can see that he can morph other people, which sets up for something later. Mm-hmm. And then he morphs into Captain America, which is just hilarious. I feel righteous. That, yes, right. <laughs> yes. <feel> so righteous. <laughs> I just to be there on the set that day would have had been like the best thing ever. Oh, yes, I bet it was. I bet it was amazing. Um, then we get to your. So they break out. Then we get to your scene where um, their Darcy, elaborate escape plan. You know. Yeah. Well, we get Darcy and the intern <laughs> pretending to be Eric's father, trying yes. to get him out. Like, are you okay? <laughs> I've had a god in my brain. Yeah. And then the birds go crazy. And then she's like freaking out. And he's like, oh, it feels good. Like, what feels good to know that there's something more insane than you? <laughs> also, I want to note that Thor's plan was ridiculously stupid. Well, yeah. <laughs> He's it was not ridiculous. A brilliant they like strategist. Pure <laughs> luck is the only reason why they did not all get everybody killed. Oh yeah, absolutely. Not a brilliant strategist. I just want to throw that out there again. I can't state that enough. He's not a brilliant strategist. No, he's not. <laughs> um, we get to see them riding through. Loki turns on Thor, cuts off his hand, which is a awful thing. Gets the Malekith, hey, take her, you know. But then we learned that it was a trick. It wasn't really Thor's hand. He was saved because he can do the illusions on other people. Loki um, saves Jane. And then the cursed run Loki through and kills Loki. And it's a very sad panda day that he dies. Jane and Thor run off into a cave. And luckily, Jane's cell phone rings. And then she discovers her phone, or sorry, her car keys, and is able to somehow figure out where the wormhole is to get her back. 
it all just kind of works out sometimes, you know? It does work out, but I do appreciate that the key bit from earlier does come back into play. True. Yes. Uh, and then goes over to the house, and I love, it's one of my favorite Thor gags when he puts the, the hammer on the coat rack. Oh, yeah. Just as good as when he puts it on the toilet seat. Yeah. And the toilet seat, you're like, okay, this is just a dick move. The coat rack, is the coat rack worthy? Does the hammer not have weight? <laughs> is it just really well put into the wall? So many questions. I think Speaking of that, when, when we get to the age of Ultron, I got another conspiracy theory for you, too. I look forward to this Holding one. the hammer. Um, Loki... Then come, we cut back, we find out Loki is actually a random guard. He did survive, and he goes to give info to Odin and tell Odin that his son died. And then this movie just kicks into the final fight, and it's Thor on Earth with all of the Dark Elves, because somehow Earth is the center focal point of the conversion. But we get an, we get the amazing... Remember, remember, uh, that, remember that Midgard is always the center point of the Nine Realms. I know, but still. It is kind of like a central location, including Asgard. I know, but still. Still. Um, we get the one of my favorite Thor things, the gag with the hammer. When he throws the hammer, goes through the portal, the hammer shoots up into space. Oh, yeah. He comes back through the <laughs> hammer, turns around, comes back. He goes through a portal, it shoots back into space again. I love that gag. Oh, that was good. Cool. And then you get the Darcy, Jane, Selvig, Mew Mew. <laughs> <laughs> this movie alone is just amazing the, for that sequence. Okay, <laughs> okay look, the Selvig, Darcy, and Jane are a really lovely little group. Like yes. that, they that was a well cast group right there. Just uh, those three. Jane's okay. Alone. You could have cast it better, in my opinion. Well, Mostly because I feel you... like Natalie Portman just was like, I don't care about this. And hey, she, didn't, long... she didn't in this one. She did not care at all. Yeah, I could. Hey, we can all tell. <laughs> don't as long as we don't rag on Darcy. No, oh, never. Oh, Darcy's never. Cat Jennings was. She earns the bomb. this role. Yeah, she. And she I am have so this role for the rest of her life. If I can only I have one so... Darcy or Madison in the MCU, I want Darcy because Darcy Ooh. is the original Ooh. Madison. True. Whoa, True. that I think that there's does... a hot take. That doesn't do take. enough credit to Darcy. Well, no, we haven't no, even no, gotten I mean, like Darcy. Or but I mean, like, but have I mean, we just like, not enough? Do you know more about Madison than we do? Well, what I meant by that was Madison was like the fan favorite when she came on, and Darcy was the fan favorite when she came on. Darcy at least has the smarts to go along with her. And the I am so on. glad that she came back in Wandavision. By yeah, the way, yeah, I love. I I think she's going to come back more and more still. But like, I, I really hope so. Hope so. I want both. I mean, she's I want them to work together. I bet she'll be back in the uh, the Marvels. Well, short sword, not shield anymore. Um, I would love if she comes back for the Marvels. She would work in that show because she was already with uh, Monica. Well, we'll see her in Love and Thunder too. So, yeah. Um, the ship crashes. Mail. I don't understand. Why did I write that note? Do you? Oh, um, I know what it is. Um, at the end of the fight, this the fight sequence is so quick in this, like the final fight, it, it ends so fast. Hey, but, folks, um, welcome to another edition of Casey tries to read his notes. Well, I figured out <laughs> what it is. It's it was a it was it's ship crushes uh, Malekith. It was an autocorrect um thing. But I was trying mm-hmm. to say is it, the fight sequence in this is very fast at the end. Once it all happens, Thor gets separated. He has to take the train back, and then he gets there, and he basically just like. We can't get to him. I know. Let me take these things and I'll throw them at him. 
And once that sequence starts, the, there's no real fight sequence, really. Yeah. The whole fight wasn't really much anyway. It was just them zipping from world to world to world really fast and getting separated. Well, to be honest, they really couldn't fight him with the ether anyway, so they True. didn't really work the first time. Yeah. So um, what I was, he gets nailed to the ship, and then he teleports through, and then the ship starts to fall, and then Eric teleports the ship, which crushes Malekith, which was my note. Back on the Dark World. Yeah. I mean, my question is, what even happens in this movie? <laughs> right? I mean, like, when you really think about <laughs> like, it, look back on it, like, what the, like, this is a tread water of a movie if ever there was one, right? Where, this was where just like, Avengers? let's use the, let's use the thing. <laughs> and just, they're doing their shit. You know, they got, they got things to do, right? Like, um, Banner doesn't have anything to well, do. We so Iron Man, PTSD, we know what right. he's got. Well, Banner's having to listen to Iron Man. He'd be, he'd be there, but he's, he's playing therapist right I now. Guess Remember, Cap- I said well, these are he, happening at the same time. Okay, Cap's keep it, well, uh, No, 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 no. Okay, look, keep in mind that the actual events of the story on Earth, where everything actually ramps up to a point of being noticed, is within hours. There was no way that Earth or Captain America or anybody would have been mobilized fast enough to get to the United Kingdom to deal with this. Because the events that actually transpire on Earth that are worth being we are under attack are literally within just a few hours. They're dealt with. So, I mean, you know, it seems longer. Most of this is transpiring with the exception of those weird gravitational anomalies that only Jane seemed to be aware of and tracking because no one else seemed to know they existed jane's the only scientist well no (laughs) she's the primary scientist actually interested in the study of these things along with selvig it's a very niche thing and it's not a phenomenon that's gathering a lot of the world's attention it's the point when they discover it it's a very small developing thing that basically a bunch of like street urchin kids are aware of no one else seems to have noticed I'll yeah, I'll let you I'll let you have that, but I do think the Eternals or anyone could have been there. They to... could not have interfered. There are no deviants involved. True, true, true. God, there had to have been someone who could have done something. Again, just about what maybe an hour and a half right there with that final quick battle scene. Are you telling me no one lives in London? Moon Knight. Black, we don't Black actually Knights. know when Moon Knight takes place, so. Yeah, but also remember, remember he at this point probably doesn't remember that he's Moon Knight either. Good point. So the ship crushes Malika, and, <laughs> and um, this is when we learned that this is two years after Thor one because there's like a line that's like it's been two years since you've seen whatever, or, or since the Bifrost was destroyed. I don't remember. There's yeah. there's a line that mentions it, um, and then we get um, Odin on the throne. <laughs> Thor walks away, and then oh wait a minute, it's not Odin. It's Loki. So where's Odin? <laughs> I have to wait for the next film to find that out. That's right. Um, and then the movie ends. And so we get um, a couple of tags in this one. We get two to be exact. We get The Collector, which I know confused audience members. Like, why is Bandicio del Toro dressed up like this? Why is he acting weird? What's that pink girl? Why is he acting weird? What's with the hand gestures? Why is he wait acting till Guardians, weird? folks. You have to wait till uh, Guardians. And then he mentions, um, "Why don't you keep the inf- or why don't you keep this there?" Well, it's not wise to have two infinity stones, infinity stones yeah. um, together. And that's the first time we ever hear the word infinity stone. It's mm-hmm. never referenced until this one moment. So now, audience is like, "What the fuck's an infinity stone?" But if you think about this, and we, I guess this is something we'll definitely talk about next week, 
he does drop the line that he's on a mission of his own to collect them the way mm-hmm. Thanos is. So in a reality, it's really good thing that that whole deal we'll see next week. The Guardians didn't go down. Yeah. Yeah, because um, he was on his own mission. Yeah, Collector's not a great guy either. No. Spoiler, people. He's not. He's kind of a villain. And then we get our second tag, which is Thor returns to kiss Jane. And that's not really Jane Foster that he's kissing. That's Chris Hemsworth's wife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is why that's the one scene where it seems there's passion between those two characters. Mm. One of Rachel's favorite it was, tidbits of that movie. Uh, it was uh, such a bad scene, though. It's like you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. It's very. Strange. And it's by like, the way, it's like the Fabio romance. Of course, Rachel loved it. It's the romance novel. Stuff. No, 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 okay. no, no. What I mean by she loved it is she hates um, Natalie Portman in this movie, and she hates the first <laughs> one retroactively because of this movie. She feels that her and Chris Hemsworth have no chemistry together. No. No. But then when that scene happens, she's like, but why? Wait a minute. Why is this person have chemistry with them? And then when we looked it up, it's one of the facts on IMDb. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, and then she's like, oh, well, no wonder he looks like he wants to kiss her. <laughs> Natalie also, no chemistry. with. Let's back up real briefly before we finish the film. Stan. One oh, of my yes. favorite cameos is yes. the, and I love the fact that we this entire mm-hmm. scene where he's in an institution is set up as if he is giving a lecture. Before we pull away and realize that Stan would like his shoe back. Yeah. That's no, no, <laughs> an my amazing favorites. scene. Yeah. This Eric one goes Selvig right along. so good. Oh, yeah. No. And uh, and one of my also all-time favorite ones is when he when he does. Is there is there a Tony Stank? Yes. <laughs> a Tony Stank. And then um, Brody's like, yeah, right here. <laughs> so our um, plot holes that I noticed that are still open. So number one, what happened to the Frost Dog? That's just seen running around at the end yes. of the movie. Right. Um, number two, where's Odin? And number three, why are they hiding the ether slash infinity stone? Why are they hiding it? Well, we're going to find that out later. Mm-hmm. So, dun, dun, we um, all right. So next week, before we rate these, um, next week, we're going to do a double feature of Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm going to correct that auto. The Galaxy? <laughs> <laughs> your your <laughs> Boston's <laughs> showing. <laughs> uh, both can be found on Disney+. Plus. Um, so look forward to watching these again. Uh, two great movies. Two great, great movies that came out four months apart, apparently. Wow, it's in, we have the dates here, ladies and gentlemen. I can see the dates that they were released on, and it's some it's shocking how fast some of these movies came out. So again, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy. If you have any questions for us that you want us to answer while we talk about these movies, notfunnyguys.offthereels at gmail.com, um, and we'll answer those questions. But now let's do a little bit of quick rating of these movies. I'm gonna let Eric go first with your final thoughts and your ratings of the movie final thoughts first please if you will so final thoughts on uh thor or final thoughts on all three all three so final thoughts on all three um honestly this was a more disappointing week than i expected i mean i i expected thor dark world to not impress me because it had not in my memory and i i did not go in with good expectations there are certainly moments that are fine. And like I said, it wipes the floor with, with some of the other horrible Marvel features we've seen before the MCU, um, especially. But as far as the MCU goes, it it really kind of tanks. Iron Man 3, 
I went in actually with high hopes thinking this would be my favorite Iron Man and it I don't think it ended up being um it is good but it was not as good as I remember it being um uh, and all hell the king this might have been the no this was the second time I think I saw it all in all it was a fine week but it felt like a week where we were treading water I think I said that about the Thor movie but even the Iron Man movie felt like I guess the Iron Man movie moved a lot more forward than Thor did um and so the Iron Man movie is certainly more important to me than the the Thor movie. I think you could easily get rid of this Thor movie for the most part. So that Marvel's said, gonna say, "Hold my beer" a little bit. Yeah, I know, I know. Come on, Internals, <laughs> I'm waiting for you. All right. Um, uh, so, what do you rank um, the old Iron Man three? So Iron Man three, uh, I rank it with four stars. All right. Um, so it's pretty good. It's 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 fine. I thought the writing was one of the worst, ironically, the dialogue specifically was probably the worst of the Iron Man's in my that opinion. Some fighting words, but all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll no, I'd it. put Iron Man two there. Sorry, I put I, Iron Man three. I don't know. I, Iron Man two. Uh, all right, we'll we'll come back to that. Move on. Move on. Anyway, it it made it to number thirteen on the list, just ahead of Iron Man two, but behind X Men: Days of Future Past. Okay, so you hated this movie. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> so about- future, I like both of those. Eric, you have to understand that Casey operates on a uh, one of those uh, service industry things where if you don't get five stars, it's a fail. <laughs> and it's got to be like number one. If it's not number one, you hated it. I'm pretty yeah, sure exactly. I can see that my Iron Man 3... Oh, you're looking at mine. That's why I'm like, oh, oh it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> so what all about right. um, All Hail the King, baby? All hell, the king I loved. Honestly, it it's right up there with like one of the jokier ones, with like on the way to Thor's hammer or or Agent Carter of the one shots, where it's just fun. It's a good one shot. It it adds context, but it also just adds a little bit of a world building fun around it. Um, I gave that four stars as far as it goes. Um, it it you know the way I rank my stuff is: do I want to watch this more than I want to watch blank? Right. So it does beat out Spider Man two. Now that I've seen Spider-Man 2 again, I was like, eh. uh, but it falls behind X2. So it's right at number 18 right now. So when you would rather watch this over Spider-Man 2, which is like a two hour and 15 minute movie. You yeah. watch this 14 minute movie. Yeah. But if you had an hour or sorry, two hours, like 30 minutes, you would watch X2. Yes. Okay. And then for your final <laughs> movie, um, Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> so Thor: The Dark World here, yeah, it fell down a little bit. Uh, I, it's, I think I, I summed it up the best was what, 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 who cares about this movie? What happened? What, nothing happened in this movie. It did nothing. It did nothing for me. It did nothing for the MCU, in my opinion. Again, Marvel's me. gonna say, "Hold my beer later." I know, but like, even like, I would love for people to write and tell me like what this what this movie achieved for the mcu like truly truly achieved that could not have been achieved or assumed from other movies the ether yes and we'll come back to that because I, I as someone who's a who's a passing fan compared to you guys uh, i don't know what the ether is i don't care what the ether is still but the, inst- the it's the stone the stone without this thanos couldn't have done his thing he all needed right. the stone to come yeah, but, out. Okay, so but it. you don't need this movie to set that up. That's all I'm saying. But this is what gets it to where he can get it. Yeah, whatever. It's it's a it could have been anyway, done in one shot. How it also sets up Guardian. Movie. It does. I set love up I love oh. this as a two and a half star movie. It falls right in the middle. I'm not gonna sit here and say that it's a bad movie, but I certainly can't say it's a good movie. 
Um, and as such, it falls arguably roughly half of my list at this point, I think, probably uh, down to number 28, uh, which is oh. right ahead of uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, but right behind Deadpool's No Good Deed short. Wow. So you'll watch New Mutants before you watch this. Yeah. Wow. And this is your least favorite? No, your the least favorite movie of yours is least Hulk. favorite MCU is, is Incredible it? Hulk. Incredible yeah, Hulk will right. be your least yeah. favorite yeah, MCU, yeah. and the least favorite overall MCU thing would be the consultant because you put it as two stars. Yeah, but it's everything's better than Man Thing. Well, no, but the consultant I think falls ahead of. No, I'm looking at your list. Consultant is number forty three. Oh, it's not showing up on my thing. Well, it's 43. Oh, I have to show more. Damn it. Letterboxd on your phone. Come on, Letterboxd. Don't let me down now. The the point is you love Man-Thing. I do love Man-Thing for all the things I hate about (laughs) Man-Thing. It has half a star because I felt like it has half a star because like when you have really bad service at a restaurant, you leave it like a quarter or something like that. You're like, I hated this, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to let you think I forgot the tip. No, sir. I'm going to leave you half a star. (laughs) All right, John, it's your turn to bring us back some credibility to this podcast. All right. So I I put Iron Man 3. I like, like I said, I love the change of pace and that we're doing something (laughs) different. Iron Man 3 came in at number nine for me. I gave it four stars. Came in after Captain America before the first Thor. Okay, Okay. So you love this movie. Yes. Okay. Okay. And um, I know you didn't do Hail the King. But yeah, I, I would put Dark. I would give it about the same ranking as as Eric. I would put it like my third favorite short. Okay, I'm right. Peggy Carter, and something happened on the way to the hammer. All right, and then um, any final thoughts on Dark World slash your ranking? I, and all I understand where why it comes down and such a bad rap, but I think it does. I I like. I don't care for Jane Foster, but I do care about the fact that it does some character development with Thor and Loki as its main central point, and I put it after Amazing Spider-Man, before Planet Hulk, I gave it three stars. All right. Fun fact, it is not the worst Thor movie based on IMDb rankings. What would that what, be? Love and Thunder? Yep. Yeah, Love and Thunder mm-hmm. got, took a lot of online hate. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, we'll get I, there. We'll get there. I'll tell you, I like that movie, so. I do too. Um, all right, so my final thoughts on this wonderful thing. So I like, I think Iron Man three is a lot of fun. I think it's a hell of a lot of fun. It is a departure from the other stuff that we had. And I think that's not just because of the different director, um, but also different writer um, and also dealing with Tony's PTSD, but I do enjoy what they did with the movie a lot. Um, Thor, the dark world. I used to be down on the movie, but watching it this time, probably because my sick brain, like trying to grasp at straws on this movie. (laughs) made me realize like this is just it's one of the reasons i don't like reading old thor comics is they're slow and they're just boring and to me and i'm not saying this movie's boring but i mean mm, like i am the the t- <laughs> this feels like watching one of those it so it's it feels very reminiscent of the old thor tales i don't like the villain for sure uh, malekith has never been one of my favorite villains um so i didn't care about that and I hate the design work on them. The Asgardian design work is still amazing to me. So I like that. I like the hum- the the Earth stuff when Jane's not involved. I agree with everyone that Jane's just kind of there in this movie. He's a drag. 
but Darcy and everyone is still a lot of fun to watch. The comedy still hits when it hits. So I will give it that, but it is not my favorite. Um, so all that said, again, we're ranking things just because I put it low does not mean that it is a bad movie, Eric. All right, so mm. Iron Man 3. Let's see if we can find Iron Man 3. Oh, here it is. Iron Man 3. Wow. I give it four nice. stars. And it is number five for me, just after Captain America, the first Avenger, and in front of Iron Man. I like it just a little bit more than Iron Man. Um, and I think Trevor helps a lot with that like yeah. of it because it just brings <laughs> about a great piece. And then there's just lots that I feel has going on with this. So he's he's my favorite Iron Man villain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I also like this shows we already knew Tony was smart. This shows like how ingenuity he is. Like that yeah. he's like, I'm gonna be MacGyver for a little yeah. bit and create all this. I mean, we get to see that. We get to see him interacting with people. We see that he's human with his PTSD. So yeah. Um, it's it's overall just good. Now, all hail the king, baby. I give that three stars, and it is number eleven. It is my favorite of the shorts. Hmm. Um, right. this it's just so funny to me. I just I love it. And the the 70s noirish feel that it has, I love it. And then the last one, where is it? Where is it? Ah, Thor Dark World. So I give it three and a half stars. It used to be three in my last rankings. I actually bumped it up a tiny bit. Um, but it is still low. It is number 25 on my list. Um, it is just in front of Incredible Hulk and just behind X-Men. And I'm fairly confident if I actually went and looked at my old list, it was actually behind um, Incredible Hulk. So pretty Ooh. sure that has changed a tiny little bit. But there we go. There we go. Those are the Marvel movies, ladies and gentlemen. Where will we sit next week? Will Winter Soldier be Eric's favorite movie of all time? Probably. <laughs> will Guardians of the Galaxy be Eric's second favorite movie of all time? Probably not. Who knows? But you'll find out soon. All right. Now, please write us at notfunnyguys.offthereels at gmail.com. You can find us on the Insta at not underscore funny underscore guys underscore presents. <laughs> on Twitter, you can find us at not funny guys pod. You can find me on Twitter at Vash underscore Maxwell letterbox Vash Maxwell Hive. It's Casey Franklin. On the blue sky is Casey Franklin. I'm not telling you my LinkedIn. Eric doesn't do most of this shit, but he is on LinkedIn or he is on um, Letterbox as Eckley, E K L Y. He's on LinkedIn as his own name and he does do the Insta. He does the Insta like no one's business. Do I? And hot honey <laughs> underscore comics. Like he posts some spicy shit that'll get you all sticky. Oh, God. Where can they find you? I love to make this uh, Yeah, well, you can find me on Instagram at esoteric underscore by underscore design. Uh, not on Twitter anymore. Go that can go to hell. And you can find me on Letterboxd at esoteric underscore Evans. Nice, nice. All right. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. As always, it has been fun, and exciting adventure with you. And I promise not to be sick next week and be slightly more coherent because hey, I'm not, not coherent when I'm sick. Everyone, have a good night. Have a good one, guys. Later.